Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co-host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage. Educate, form, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning. Welcome to our final January edition of the SCL Mortgage Show for 2022. I'm Sandy Clough alongside Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage. And uh, Larry, before we start today, I thought I'd reflect back on last week a little bit, mention to our listeners about our show, which was very interesting with Kerry Knob. So uh, people can still listen to that via podcast, right? If yeah. they happen to miss it live last week. Yeah, good. Good morning, Sandy. Uh, good to be here as always. But yes, la- last week's show was, um, gosh, it was informative. It was interesting. It was entertaining. And that's all the things we try to do here every single week. So for those of you who did not catch last week's show, you absolutely can go to a podcast or listen to it on a podcast. It's at the SCL Mortgage Radio Show, or you can catch it on the fan, um, that the fan app I happen to have yeah. on my phone. Uh, but also from our uh, from our website, you can see all the podcasts from this show, the show we do with Nate Jackson. Uh, it's all out there. So last week's show was was entertaining and interesting. So hopefully you have a chance to tune in and uh, catch that thirty minutes of it. It was really good. Uh, you were just telling me before we got started here this morning that we just passed a big holiday in January. Uh, you're talking about Martin Luther King Day. Um, that was a big holiday. Yeah. Yes. And a lot, a lot of people were off. Our, our offices were closed, but I actually heard, um, this week about another holiday that I didn't know existed January 12th. So you know what day that is, Sandy? It's a, it's a huge holiday <laughs> well, for most, for some people, but the, that day is when, is when most people stop their new year's Eve resolutions. You're kidding. <laughs> your your extensive research has revealed this, I take it. Uh, well, first I, I heard it from our preacher, and I right. thought, okay, you just made this up, right? Right. So I actually Googled it, and that day is out there if you, if you dig deep enough. So I found it interesting, but I also found it kind of, oh, are you kidding me? People made all these resolutions to do this and this and this, and then January 12th, they stopped doing them. And I was talking to somebody in our office uh, today because I got a um, a new exercise app on my phone, which I really like, and I've been sticking to it religiously. So her and I were talking, and she said, yeah, the gym memberships in January are huge, and you go in there, and it's really crowded, and some people leave because they think it's too crowded, but... I told somebody the other day, stick around till February, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be empty in here again. So I, I am surprised that um, eight, only 8%, Sandy, of the people that make resolutions actually stick with them. So there's 92% that are hanging it up, and that's just that's too much. It's too um, – anyway, I thought we should mention it on the air because it's, I, I, I hope our listeners are part of that – Eight percent that haven't given up and are are really sticking to it, whatever it is. So that's the number. Eight percent of people stick with their New Year's resolutions, and I'm wondering if uh, you're surprised by that, and if there's any correlation to what you do at SEO Mortgage. Great question. So I I was very surprised at it. Um, 
you take 100 people that make resolutions and only eight of them stick with it. That's 92 people that don't. So I, I, I was thinking about it and thinking, okay, there's got to be reasons for that. So to me, the message would be don't give up and don't quit. Whether it's in whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in your financial household, whatever the case is, right? So so I actually heard this preacher say it. So I, to me, I hear those things and it, it resonates with me. And then I thought, okay, how can this resonate with our listeners? So if you have been hearing... Uh, whether your your inner voice is talking to you or a higher being is talking to you, if you're hearing about the fact that, you know, I want to improve our financial situation. I I want our financial household to be better. Well, then maybe you should pick up the phone and call SEL, and maybe we can help you. Maybe we can save you some money. Maybe we can introduce you to ideas that you hadn't thought about. So you need to have what I call a very big why. Why do you want to do this? Why are you thinking about this? So when I think about that, that leads me to a story that I want to tell you and tell our listeners. So I think the story is true, but I don't know it because somebody told me years ago about this story and I've never been able to verify that it's true, but it's pretty, it's very applicable to what we're talking about right now with a why, right? So Okay, so the story is there's this village in Tibet, small village in the valley, filled with with nice, friendly people, just you know, raising their kids and raising food for their families, and and just enjoying life and doing everything good. So, but up in the mountain, there's another village, and this village, they're warriors. They want to conquer other villages. So the men of the of the village put together this plan where they're going to go down the mountain, they're going to conquer that village of the peace-loving people and make them part of their their own. So so they do that, they go down and the men of the village fortunately were able to fight them off. So they had to go back up to the mountain. But going back up to the mountain, they took a baby with them. So you can imagine the mother is just beside herself. My God, they have my baby. What are we going to do? So the men of the village put together this plan where they were going to go up the mountain. They were going to get their baby back and, and, of course, bring it back to the mother. So they take off on this this, um, adventure, and they get about halfway up the mountain, and a snowstorm comes. And it's heavy, and it's they can't see. So they have to turn around go back down to their village and put together another plan. So the snowstorm quits in like a day and a half or something. So they're getting ready to execute their plan. When they look up in the mountain and they see this figure, not sure what it is, but as the figure gets closer, they can see it's a woman. And then they see it's a woman carrying a baby. So as she gets closer to the village, oh my God, this woman went up and and got her baby. And they said, how did you do that? She said, it wasn't your baby. So <laughs> she had a why, right? She had a huge why. So I think if there's things we want to do to improve our lives, whether it's your financial household or your spiritual life or your relationships or whatever it is, we got to have a big why. And then we can't quit and we can't give up. And then things seem to to work out better, my it, opinion. It's very easy to make excuses. And I think everybody has that inner voice you're talking about, maybe even an inner addict that's telling us either put this off or don't do it. 
and that provides an excuse. And it doesn't go for everybody, but I think you learn uh, in life to maybe listen less to that voice and listen to the other voices in your life, internal, external, that are telling you to put your head down and uh, plow ahead. And yes, make some semblance of a plan, not that you don't have a plan B, right? but that it's just too easy to make that excuse. And it's remarkable to bring this conversation back full circle that it takes less than two weeks on average for people to make excuses for not following New Year's resolution. Less than two weeks. It's amazing. I have so much admiration for people that, um, that, you know, they make a plan and they stick to it until the end and they execute. And maybe it doesn't execute perfectly or it always happens the way you want it to. But, you know, the saying, if you don't have a plan, you have a plan to fail. That's the old John Wooden line. That's exactly right. You told me that years and years ago. I'll never, ever forget it. So... Failing to plan is planning to fail. It's a plan to fail, right? That's so true. So, you know, in my world, the mortgage world, there's still an opportunity for people to save some money. I mean, potentially a lot of money. Or pay off high interest rate debt and and get it into low interest rate debt that's, that's, uh, excuse me, tied to your mortgage. So, you know, I, I, I think in my world, these things all tie together where if this is your plan or if that inner voice has told you, I really need to make some changes in our financial world, our financial household. Let's take a look at every piece of it, see the money coming in, see the money going out. And if we can improve that, maybe that's just a phone call to SEL. It costs nothing and the time is, is all yours, whatever you need. And we'll, uh, we'll see if we can't make a change for the positive in your world. You are wonderful about bringing in quotes on a fairly regular basis. If you want to do something, you will find a way. If you don't, you will find an excuse. That's oh, I love that, Sandy. That is perfect. I actually mentioned that to um, all the people at uh, SEL. Over, we had our um, kick off the new year phone call, and because we we do it in a phone call, a teams a teams call actually because we have people working all over the country. So, it's a good way to talk about here's what we accomplished in 2021. It was really good for the company, even better for our customers. But here's what we want to do for 2022. Let's let's here's our goals, here's our expectations. So we can find a way to do it. I don't want to make an excuse. So. That's a that's a beautiful quote. I, I wish I knew who said it. We'd certainly give them credit for it. But, um, yeah, if you want to do something, you'll find a way. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse. To buy or not to buy. We'll be talking about people buying a house or maybe in some cases not buying a house. And we'll try to convince the latter group that now is the best time to do that, to buy a house. MySpecialMortgage.com, of course, is the website for SCL Mortgage. 303-790-2222 is the phone number. As we continue on this final January edition of the SCL Mortgage Show on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. And the SEL Mortgage Show continues to buy or not to buy, Larry. Uh, let's talk about people buying a house or not buying a house. Why do you think some people either cancel plans to buy or postpone plans to buy? You know, Sandy, I think the biggest reason is uh, taking on debt. I mean, a mortgage, our average mortgage at SEL is like $333,000. So that, that's, a, that's a big, big number. 
So I think people maybe think about that and say, oh, my goodness, I've got this huge debt and I've got I got to make the payments on it or it's going to mess up my credit. And do I really want to go through all that? I heard it's very difficult to buy a house right now because there's such limited inventory. So, yes, that's true. There is limited inventory and it's not an easy, simple task, but all good things are not necessarily easy. And the debt is okay because that debt will come with a payment. And the payment right now is very good because interest rates are still pretty darn low. So it's okay. It's okay to have that debt. Um, I'm not a big proponent of all kinds of debt, but a mortgage debt is okay. So you're, you're making a rent payment right now, most likely. So I would say you're paying your landlord's mortgage. So why not pay your mortgage? I think that's the reason, though, Sandy, is is some people think that's a huge amount of debt. I don't know if I want to do that. It's a scary kind of thing. But it doesn't have to be, and you're right, this is still a very, very good time to buy a house. It is a stressful experience, especially when inventory is low, as you mentioned. Uh, Is it, in fact, a stressful experience? Does it have to be stressful Or is it merely perception? And if that is the perception, why do you think people feel that way, at least before they call you? Well, (laughs) um, yeah, I'm sure that's in people's mindsets. Oh, my God, this is stressful. And I'm going to borrow $350,000 or $400,000, whatever it is. And I got to spend a lifetime paying it back. Exactly. 30 years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, you know, we think <laughs> we think of next week, next month, next year. Most people don't think out 30 years. That's a long time. But it's okay. It, it really is okay. And I think if you have the right realtor and the right lender that is educated and knowledgeable and has your best interest at heart, it doesn't have to be a stressful undertaking. Because we're going to explain to you upfront everything that's going to happen along the way. So once you know you have that information, now you become sort of empowered and, and those, those stressful situations can be minimized um, in a big, big way. So I know I bought my first house a long, long time ago and um, when I lived in California and it was pretty stressful. It, it really was. I wasn't in the business at that time. Fortunately, I had a really good realtor and a really good lender, loan officer, and they just held my hand all the way through. And you know what? It was just fine. And and we can do the same thing for, for people today. That really, your experience, your personal experience, has really informed you and everyone else at SCL Mortgage as to how to treat customers. Because even though it was a while back, you remember what it was like to be a first-time buyer. Isn't that amazing? As you were saying that, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, that was... Um, I was trying to think how old I was. Maybe I was 24 or 23 or something. I hadn't been out of college that long. And, you know, the loan amount was uh, was $118,000 on a house in California. And today, of course, that was 30-some years ago. But that was a big loan in those days, and especially for me, and it had a payment on. But it was okay. I was making that same payment in, in rent prior to that. But interesting how that sticks in your mind for all those years, even though it wasn't stressful. But I can now relate that to people. Yeah, I went through it, and it was it was a little bit stressful, but not all as bad as I thought. And pretty soon it was all done, and I owned the home. And that's the ultimate goal. 
Do you think it's common for people these days to have buyer's remorse? Um, I do. And on some occasions, yes, because, okay, now I have the keys and I own this house. Uh, I've got a mortgage on it and it's got a big payment and it's a 30 year loan. So that's a really long time. And I, I don't know what's going to happen in 30 years. So I think it's, it's not, if people have that, it's, it's okay. It's probably, um, commonplace with a lot of people, but again, I would put it back to, Thinking of all the benefits of it and, and, and thinking about having a really, really good realtor and, and a really good loan officer and getting to the closing table and everything is happening as you expected or as you were told. And then it's a really cool experience. I, I've seen so many young couples walk out of a closing room with the keys in their hand and the garage door openers and they're holding hands and they are so excited. So so let's go look at our new house. Let's go, you know, it, it's just, it's an experience that is, is hard to describe. But I can tell you that we have taken a lot of people from being renters to being homeowners. And the, the smiles on their face are just hard to describe. This may sound a little bit odd to a few of our listeners, but can a person who, let's say, might be 70 years old, Get a 30-year mortgage. <laughs> yeah, You know what? It, it might sound like an odd question, but it's really not because, yes, lenders like us, mortgage companies, we can't discriminate for any reason, age, sex, whatever, whatever, whatever. We, we, we don't and we can't. It, it's against the law. So, yes, a 70-year-old person, heck, an 80-year-old person can get a 30-year mortgage if they qualify and if they want it. Now, okay, you say um, they're going to have to be 110 or 20 years old, but and then chances are that's not going to happen. But if that's what they want is a 30-year mortgage, absolutely. If they can qualify for it. They're entitled to it. So, yes, you can get a mortgage at, uh, at just about any age above uh, 18. I want to go back to a point you made earlier. And you said this before, but maybe you could expand on it a bit. You are not a fan of debt for right. obvious reasons, but you emphasized earlier the idea that mortgage debt is not necessarily a bad thing for various reasons. And maybe you could reinforce that idea because mortgage debt, as you begin to look at it, sounds like a big deal. And then people are hearing, well, your credit card debt shouldn't exceed fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars, and here you are with hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? Why is that debt good? And the other debt, twenty thousand dollars on your credit cards. Why is that a bad thing? So that's a great question, and the answer is really um, <clears throat> is really boils down to this: that say three hundred thousand dollars of debt you have taken on to buy this appreciating asset. That's the difference. That's the big difference. And, oh, by the way, it's a place for your family to live, right? So you leveraged whatever you put down. If if you're a veteran, you put zero down. If you get an FHA loan, you put 3.5% down or 5 or 10 or 20 or whatever percent you put down, you took on a lot of debt. But that's not bad debt for for a number of reasons. But one, you have to live somewhere. So why not live in your home as opposed to your landlord's home? And that debt, like I said, you used it to buy an appreciating asset as opposed to the 
the $17,000 of credit card debt that you just referred to and which is about the average in a household in America. Now, that debt is, one, it's not deductible, and two, maybe you used it for gas and groceries and, and essential things. Okay, so you had to buy them. But if you used it for a vacation or Christmas and now those credit card bills are coming in, well, I'm not one to sit here and say that you shouldn't have done that, but I'm one to sit here and say, let's figure out how to get rid of it. Because one, it's very expensive debt. Two, it's not deductible. And three, if you get rid of it or the majority of it, your credit scores are going to go up. So I think some debt like a mortgage is good or some debt for self-employed people to grow their business. That's okay, too. I mean, there's some very, very wealthy people in this country that have hundreds and maybe millions of dollars in debt, but they use it to grow their business and they use it to, uh, you know, employ people and and all that. So some debt's good, but the, the stuff that isn't, let's figure out how to get rid of it and put you in a better situation for you and your family. Why don't we, before we break, quickly review the benefits of home ownership? You've kind of mentioned a few already. Yeah, sure. uh, Maybe expand on that, too. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, um, one, uh, it's, it's, it's still the American dream to buy a house, have your family into it, your family grows, and it's your home. You can do what you want with it. You can, you know, the landscape. You know, we, most of us have an HOA, so we have, you know, you probably can't paint your house pink and have, you know, purple drapery hanging or whatever the case. But but within the guidelines of the HOA, it's your house, so you can do whatever the heck you want with it, right? If your apartment says you can only have one little dog and you really want two big dogs, that's okay. It's It's your house. So one, you you have your family in it. Two, the appreciation. Oh my goodness, think about it. You know, if you, let's say you bought a house with an FHA loan, and let's say you even use some down payment assistance money from SCL. Now you have really, really leveraged that purchase. Not so much down, now you do have to have some, but you've now bought a three, four, five, whatever, $100,000 home. So the appreciation on that, if it continues at the 8, 10, 12% that it is, I mean, you can do the math on a $400,000 home at, at 8%, that's $32,000 a year of equity that you just accumulated. That's huge. And then, oh, by the way, you bought the house today or this month or this year with a really, really low interest rate from SEL. So you've got a low rate, leverage an asset that's for your family, and you can write off the interest. I mean, there's just so many reasons to to own your own home today. And and if you think about it, we just said thirty two thousand in appreciation. And what if you're there for thirty years or twenty years or whatever? Take that number. You know, houses don't appreciate ten, twelve percent every single year. But even if they appreciate five percent, you've built up a pretty good nest egg over that twenty or thirty year period. So. Tons and tons of good reasons to uh, to be a homeowner as opposed to a renter. 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. When we return, it's time once again for customer emails as the SCL Mortgage Show continues on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.
Time now for customer emails, a weekly endeavor that we greatly enjoy here. Sandy Clough with Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage. And before we get to emails, a reminder that not only do we broadcast between 7 and 8 every Saturday morning, but on Sunday morning, you're right back here, Larry, with Nate Jackson between 7.30 and 8 with our special Sunday edition of the SCL Mortgage Show. Yes, and it's it's a lot of fun, Sandy. I... um I get to uh, spend a half hour with Nate and and with our listeners talking about uh, mortgage topics, and and usually we pick different topics than what we talk about on Saturdays. So if you're catching the Saturday show, please also tune in to the Sunday show because the the topics are going to be different, and it's it's going to be entertaining, and and we'd like to have you a part of this growing audience. And of course, as we get set for customer emails, uh, you have the SCL Mortgage Show page. Uh, for people uh, very much available uh, on that page to ask a question. And these are all fresh emails we do, but people can go to that page and formulate a question for you. They they absolutely can. And I I would thank Carrie for uh, putting that together because we we read a bunch of um, interesting, uh, really good questions in these emails. So thinking that maybe people out there have that question, they can fill out this form. It's very simple, name, email address, and put your question. And if we can, we'll read it on the air so that we can share that information with all the rest of our listeners. Your so, stack is quite thick today. I mean, <laughs> I it's even thicker than normal. So. I don't know if we'll get all the way through them, but... Um, yeah, and and honestly, Sandy, this is a, a small portion of what came in this week. It's it's so cool. I, I happen to see these things on my phone, and after our show, my phone starts lighting up because these emails are coming across. So, if uh, Connie, if you are listening, uh, I'm reading your email that said, "Do you offer home equity lines of credit?" And the answer is no, but I would say this. Typically, banks are the only ones, banks or maybe credit unions will do lines of credit. But I would say, and I'm sure one of our loan officers has asked you, why do you think you want a home equity line of credit or or commonly referred to as a HELOC? A couple things about those, uh, Connie, that those interest rates are usually adjustable. So they will likely be going up over the next period of time. And if you don't use that HELOC for home improvement, you're not able to write off that interest. So several things to that you may or may not have known about, but first thing I would talk about, what is the current rate on or the rate on your current mortgage? Maybe we can lower it and get you the cash you need. So thanks for uh, emailing us, Connie. Okay, so this is from Mar Marlia, I believe is how you pronounce this. Looking to purchase in the next year, would like to know where to start. Looking for information on how VA loans work, required credit score, and income. So, all right, so Marlia, you um, you have a VA certificate of eligibility. That means thank you for your service, you or, or your spouse. I'm not sure who it is, but e- either way. Um, and you've given yourself plenty of time because you've got a whole year. So we can get you pre-approved, pre-qualified, Find out what your goals are, what you are um, interested in in terms of a payment, a home price, all that. Share with you the credit score. We can actually go down to a 580 credit score on uh, VA and FHA loans, Marlia. So um, thanks for the inquiry, and I'm sure a loan officer's already gotten a hold of you. <clears throat> okay, this is from Mesa, who says, 
I'm looking to purchase a home, need to discuss particulars with someone, particularly my employment situation, so how I can get pre-qualified to find out how much I can borrow. Well, um, Mesa, that's exactly what we do in that initial phone call, is we, we listen to you, what your goals are, what your objectives are, and then we can come back to you with answers to your questions, like credit scores and income and employment situations, whatever that may be. So we can cover a lot of ground in that first 15 or 20 minutes, whatever whatever you're looking for. Um, okay, Sandy, this is from Ricky, who said, uh, oh, goodness, another another VA. I, current, I have a current VA loan. Uh, I have taken out a HELOC, and my townhome is worth this. I want to... Um, get a lower rate on a new VA loan, pay off that HELOC, and possibly get some cash back. And uh, Ricky tells us his credit score, which is just perfectly fine. So we, we can do all that based on what you're telling me here, Ricky, how much you owe, the HELOC, how much cash you want versus what your property is worth. So you still will have a lot of equity. It's good what we call loan to value. So... I, I think we're going to be able to help you out, and uh, I appreciate you being a listener. Oh, by the way, they, they mentioned that they uh, listened to the show on Saturday, Sandy. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for the email. Um, this is from Daniel, and Daniel got right to the point. Would enjoy a call from a refinance specialist. So, okay, we're going to talk to you about refinancing, Daniel. I, I would, I would dare to say that every single one of our loan officers um, is a refinance specialist and a home purchase loan specialist. So, um, yeah, we've got we've got just tons of experience inside of our walls, and and we're going to find out what your goals are and and help you out. And speaking of, in the office this week. <clears throat> We had our new loan officers back for some training, and I told them I was going to talk about them on the radio today. So if you guys are listening, um, we're very excited to have you on board because there's four of them, and they are just chomping at the bit to get going. And they've already started talking to realtors, and they have realtor relationships, and they want to start doing loans. And so we have uh, high hopes, high expectations for these, uh, these four, four new loan officers. Um, okay, this is from Christian, who said, my wife and brother and I are looking to buy a house. We could use some guidance on letting us know where we're at in the scope of buying. Um, we're able to cover closing costs, but might need some down payment assistance. Okay, well, that's, that's, um, that's perfect, Christian, because if you've got some closing costs, but maybe are a little short in the down payment, we do have a down payment assistance program that may be able to help you out as long as you have a 640 FICO score. And uh, <clears throat> we can, having you, your your wife, your brother, that's perfectly fine, can be co-signers. So yeah, it seems like you've checked off all the boxes, so we we'll look forward to making you a homeowner. Uh, this came from Ever. Ever it says... Um, Let's see. I have listened to you and Sandy Clough for a long time on the radio. So I went to fill out the paperwork online as requested by my realtor. Now, I'm not sure what to do from here. Well, ever, we do have, <laughs> we do see that you, <clears throat> excuse me, applied online. 
And so a loan officer, I'm sure, has already contacted you about here's what you need to do next. And it's all very secure. It's very simple. And you just kind of drag and drop your income documentation and asset documentation, and we'll, uh, we'll get you into the system. Okay, this came from Brian, <clears throat> excuse me, who said, I'm a business owner in Longmont looking to refinance my properties. So another listener, um, Sandy, to our show who said that, um, so I think he's referring to our bank statement loan for self-employed people because he mentions the fact that he's a business owner and he's been able to acquire several properties. So this could be several new loans for, for SEL, but more importantly for the customer and, and we can save you some money and, and maybe you're interested in getting some cash out of those properties. Okay, this came from Melissa, who said, I have a credit score in the 600s, and I have decent income, but my family has outgrown our current home, and we need to upgrade. Okay, well, again, I think you've come to the right place, Melissa, because uh, we are able to help you with a a credit score in the 600s, and I get it. If you've outgrown your home, here we are in January, all of a sudden it's going to be springtime. Homes are going to come on the market, so you're getting yourself pre-approved now, so you're ready to find that house that's just right for the size of your family. How are we doing on... We've got one or two more, I think. Okay. Okay. So this came from Sean, who said, I'm interested in refinancing our current mortgage. Our current loan amount is this, which is pretty small these days, and they have a lot of equity in their property. So he's looking for a 30-year fixed rate with no prepayment penalty and some cash out. So, Sean, thank you for the email. You know what? We are doing a lot of refinances right now, cash out refinances. Um, By the way, none of our loans have prepayment penalties, especially when it's your primary residence. So 30-year fixed rates are still really good. And you can take that cash, which you have a lot of, a lot of equity in your house, and put it to work for you or pay off some uh, more expensive debt. So, okay, this is interesting, Sandy. Mario said, would like to refinance, remove my sister from the loan as she is buying her own house. So maybe we can help her, his sister as well. But also, see, they probably had the brother and the sister buying the house years ago. And which is perfectly fine, but now she doesn't want that debt on her credit report because she wants to buy her own house. So we'll refinance, just put it in Mario's name, perfectly fine. We do that all the time. So really interesting emails this week, Sandy. Absolutely, and our thanks go out to Connie, Marlia, Mesa, Ricky, Daniel, Christian, Ever, Brian, Melissa, Sean, and Mario. We will have more in the way of customer emails next week. Uh, They'll all be emails received in the upcoming week when we come back. More conversation. Larry and I uh, have uh, been talking some about uh, how people should save uh, maybe at least 1% in interest rate for refinance to make sense, and we'll Get all of that clarified when we continue. 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. This is the SCL Mortgage Show on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. And we continue now with the SEO Mortgage Show. Sandy Clef with Larry Jager. And, of course, uh, it, it's amazing how many emails spark conversation, the questions raised, are questions we don't always get to and address as thoroughly as we have a chance to do 
with respect to these emails. So uh, uh, they're Correct. always uh, sophisticated, good questions. Uh, people have a foundation of knowledge that uh, I can't imagine they had when we started this show. And that's uh, thanks uh, uh, entirely to you, of course. I- I've heard that people should save at least 1% in interest rate for refinance to make sense. Is that close to being right, entirely correct? Uh, you know, it used to be, Sandy. It's not necessarily um, the rule to follow today. All right. It used to be that you would want to save at least 1% on your rate. But Excuse me, there's so many factors that go into it today that um, maybe you're not going to save 1%. Maybe you'll save more, but even if you save less, it's what you're going to do, what your goals are. If you need some cash out of your property to pay off more, excuse me, more expensive debt, that's an option for you. So maybe you're going to save a half a percent or three quarters of a percent or whatever. But until we do the math, we don't know if that assumption is is correct, saving 1%. Because, gosh, so many things go into it, Sandy. You skip two months payments. So that money you can keep in your pocket. You're going to get your escrow account, all those monies refunded to you. And depending on you know how long you're going to stay in your house, what you're going to do with the cash when you take it out, all that factors into it. So that used to be a very applicable rule, but not as much today. So there's way more to refinancing than just the interest rate, is what you're saying. It is. Absolutely, it is. Now, there are some people that just, okay, I want this interest rate, and this is what I want. Um, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, but I want this interest rate. I've already done the math. I know what's good for our family, and I want this interest rate. And if we can get it for them, which we should be able to, if it's available, then we can offer it to them. So. It is more about the rate, but if if rate is your big driver, then let's talk about it. So, <clears throat> but again, I we our loan officers want to go a little bit deeper, just to make sure we've covered every possible option for people, or gave them ideas that they may not have had before, and then ultimately, of course, it's the customer's decision, whatever whatever's best for them and their family. Let's deal with some questions on an appraisal. Are they always required, and do appraisers have to go inside the house? That's a good question. We've never talked about that before. Don't so, think so. Yeah. Most of the time, yes. They do go inside the house and and they just want to see that it's, you know, nothing is broken or there's not, you know, holes in the wall or whatever. And, and some people ask us, well, do I do I need to clean up my house before? Well, <laughs> it's not necessary. You know, if you make your bed all the time, then that's great. But if you don't, then that's OK, too. The value of your house is not going to be judged by whether <laughs> whether or not. you make your bed or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, most every time we have to do an appraisal on a purchase almost every single time unless there's a, you know, a huge down payment and and it's in a, you know, suburban area where we can easily calculate values. But if there's um, if there's cash out of the transaction, then most all the time we have to do an appraisal and you know, the appraisers, you asked about going inside. The appraiser may be inside the house 10 minutes, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. So, so it's not ours. No, not at all. Not at all. They've done all their work prior to coming out there. So they're going to go in. Maybe they'll measure something. Maybe they'll take a picture or two or three, but they don't spend all day in there. And uh, <clears throat> so then people say, well, 
gosh, why did the appraisal cost this? He was only here for 20 minutes. Well, most of their work is done prior to getting there. Because one, they have to do what they have to do at your house. Then they have to have three comparables. So they have to drive by those. And they have to do all these calculations. I had calculations. no idea about that. No? Yeah. There, with every appraisal, there's at least three comparable properties. And those properties are similar type homes, sizes, square footage, two-story, one-story, uh, that have sold within the past six months. So normally the appraiser will go back six months and here's a perfect model match or two or three, compare those sales prices to what your home should be valued at today. So there's a lot of work. It's a huge 12, 16 page report that they have to do. So yeah, it's, um, it's most all the time we have to do it, but I would say sometimes we don't. How long does it take to get an appraisal on a house and typically what do they cost? Oh gosh, you're full of good questions today, my friend. So it takes, it, it does take a little while. I'll, I'll, you know, be perfectly honest with you because there's still so many purchases and so many refis happening that there's a large amount of volume for X number of appraisers. So, but then it also uh, depends, is your house in Denver Metro or are you in the mountains or are you on the east side of Colorado? If it's a more remote area, it might take a little bit longer to get an appraisal. Typically, it's about 10 days to get the order to the appraiser for them to schedule the appointment with the homeowner and to get out and do all their work. So as you can imagine, they've got lots and lots of orders, so it just gets pushed out a little bit. So it, it, it depending on where your property is and, and how many appraisers are in that particular area, uh, Denver Metro, there's quite a few, but if we go to, you know, out in the Eastern Plains, not so many out there. So it's a trip and it and may take a little longer and it may cost a little bit more. Now, <clears throat> you said cost. The, those um, cost of appraisals have gone up over the years, like just like everything else has gone up. So depending on the size, the complexity, the, the location, it could be $600, it could be $800, it could be a little bit less, a little bit more. Uh, larger, more complex properties, typically it, it costs a little more. But um, I, I can tell you that we have uh, several, I don't even know how many, but a bunch of what we call appraisal management companies. So we can get it done pretty quickly. And of course, once we order the appraisal, then we're going to close your loan. We wouldn't order an appraisal not knowing we couldn't close your loan. So so there's really no risk in it for, for the customer. All right, Larry, we're uh, at the tail end of our program today. I am sure you did better on your picks last week than I did. I went one for four. I picked two AFC upsets uh, and the NFC favorites. Obviously, we almost saw four road teams win. I know. And I know. by extension, four upsets. Sandy, I was not any better. I was the same as you, one for four. I, I was. I'm sitting there watching these games, and and holy smokes, I did not expect the 49ers to win. I did not expect the the Rams to win. I I did want Buffalo to win, but they didn't. Yeah. But no, I, I I I picked the Chiefs, and the Chiefs won. Pretty close game, but um, you know, this week um, I, I guess I'm going to pick up pick the Chiefs as well. 
And in the NFC, I want our friend Orlando, I want them to go to L.A. and, and beat the, the Rams. It's interesting. Orlando and Vaughn Miller have always been good friends. Really? And they're on opposite sides. Uh, I saw Orlando running onto the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field last week after yeah. that game concluded. A more unlikely victory you will not see. I mean, they're down 10-3. to 3, uh, Green Bay's punting with about five minutes to go. And all of a sudden, it's 10-10, to 10, and then Green Bay can't move, and 49ers get the ball back and kick the winning field goal. Uh, I kind of think um, uh, my heart is with San Francisco, although it wouldn't be a bad outcome if Vaughn Miller's Rams won the game. Yeah. I, I'm leaning toward the Rams just a little bit because I still think Garoppolo's banged up. Now, he won't be playing in the kind of temperatures right. that he played in last Sunday, <laughs> And the 49ers have this run of six straight wins over the Rams. Uncanny. Yes. that's And just Kyle is 7-3 and three against Sean McVay. Lifetime head-to-head uh, coaching. And the Rams almost always had the better team. That's but, interesting. But um, I'd, I'll give way to my heart. You've <laughs> turned me on this. And I'll go with the 49ers and Chiefs. A rematch of the Super Bowl of just two years ago. They Won't go that at be it exciting. again. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, go 49ers. And I think both have better teams this time than they did in 2019. Did we not see some incredible football this weekend? Well, that last game was the best football game, certainly best postseason football game I've ever seen. I mean, 25 points in the last two minutes of regulation, and then add the six on to the overtime after the two minute warning. Last week, there were 31 points scored. I hadn't done the math, but unbelievable, you, absolutely unbelievable. Right. And leads change, gosh, and all, all, the, all the stuff that went on. <laughs> all right, Larry, uh, it's been a pleasure for another week, and we will see you in February. But we will see you once again in January tomorrow morning. I won't see you, but Nate Jackson will. The SCL Mortgage Show from 7.30 to 8 a.m. right back here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Thank you, Sandy. Thanks for listening to the SEL Mortgage Show with Sandy Clough and mortgage expert Larry Jager. If you missed a portion of the show or want to listen to the program again, listen to podcasts at the SCLMortgageShow.com. Questions or assistance with a loan? Call their main office in Denver at 303-790-2222 or online at MySpecialMortgage.com, NMLS, 120 